This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. Fenway Park in Boston, the Superdome in New Orleans, Madison Square Garden in New York City. These venues transcend the sports played within their walls, becoming a part of the collective identity of the cities they inhabit. Nowhere is this connection stronger than Augusta, Georgia. In the new book, Seven Days in Augusta, Behind the Scenes at the Masters, veteran New York Post sports writer Mark Canizaro explores the rich history and deep connection between Augusta National and the world's most iconic and prestigious golf tournament. Canizaro, who's covered a quarter century of Masters tournaments, combines his experience and passion for the sport in this engaging collection of essays loaded with insights from the biggest personalities in the golf world. This great new title will bring value to longtime golf fans and the younger generation alike. Mark Canizaro is a native of Fairfield, Connecticut, graduate of Ithaca College, where he competed on its Division Three soccer and tennis teams. He's a columnist at the New York Post, where he's worked since 1994 and has covered more than 100 major championships, including 25 Masters tournaments and every Ryder Cup since 1997. He's also a golf addict whose finest accomplishment as a player was winning 10 bucks from Phil Mickelson in a putting contest on Mickelson's backyard putting green. Makes his home in Highlands, New Jersey, and joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Mark, welcome to this program. Steve, thanks for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a golf junkie, and I actually just walked off my own golf course in New Jersey, where I live, uh, from 18 holes, and I'm actually on my way to meet some other friends of mine for an afternoon 18, so... uh, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm addicted. I'm actually on vacation. Full disclosure, I'm on vacation this week, so uh, I, I'm trying to make the most of it. So, first off, why this book for you on Augusta? Well, Steve, you know, uh, the publisher came to me with, with a couple of ideas for some books, um, and they were interested in the Masters, and they were interested in maybe, they had a little bit of a formulaic uh, uh project that they had, you know, uh, it's Triumph, Triumph Publishing out of Chicago, and they have a series of books, you know, 100 Things You, you Need to Know About the New York Giants Before You Die, that kind of thing, you know, same thing, you know, Yankees, whatever, you name the team. So they kind of pitched something to me about doing that for the Masters, and I said, you know, I felt like a, a more readable and interesting book rather than just kind of listing a bunch of facts and things like that would be to try to take the reader to Augusta, you know, for that week of the Masters. Because most people, I mean, it's the, it's the most difficult ticket in sports. Uh, so the reality is most of us are not lucky enough to get down and, you know, to Augusta and be at a Masters tournament because you can't get the tickets. So my goal, and so I pitched that to, you know, to Triumph. They liked the idea, and I said, let's just take them for that seven days in Augusta that I spent down there every year for the last 25 years. And not just the stuff that goes on in the golf course, but some of the things, you know, what the, what the town is like, how it's transformed, you know, from a small southern city to, you know, the mecca of the universe, essentially, you know, for that one week a year. And, uh, and they liked it. So, I, you know, I... You know, I'm very passionate about it. I, you know, I love the golf tournament itself. I love the experience of being down there every year. And, you know, I've seen so many things over the years on and off the golf course. So I just try to bring the reader. My goal was, and I hope I did a proper job, was just to bring the reader down there for that week and get a little bit of a taste of what, what it's like. You know, what's, what's, what does the butler cabin look like inside? I mean, I, 
I think I covered seven masters before I even knew where the Butler Cabin was, you know, and then I set something up with Jim Nance to go sit down in the Butler Cabin, and, you know, and that was the first time I'd ever been in there. So it was just kind of a, you know, it was almost kind of a mythical place to be, you know, even even though I've been on the grounds for, you know, for 20-something years. Chatting with Mark Canizero, whose new book is uh, Seven Days in Augusta, Behind the Scenes at the Masters. It came out on March 10th, hopefully in advance of the Masters, scheduled for April, the tradition unlike any other, in a year unlike any other now. Masters scheduled for what, November right now? Tentatively scheduled? Yes. Yeah, it's in November. You know, obviously the timing, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the last person that should complain because, you know, there's many more problems that occurred with covid pandemic, you know, there are more, worse problems than me, but unfortunately the timing was not great because there was a lot of events I was going to participate in, you know, regarding, you know, the lead up to the book, you know, in Augusta that week, the Masters that are put off for the moment, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's going to be, interestingly enough, actually, Steve, I'm, I just signed something with the, with the publishing company because they're going to come up with a paperback version of the book down the line, and I'm actually going to do a an added chapter for the November Masters and kind of what that's going to be like. Uh, because obviously that's going to be a very unique first-time situation. You know, what's... I mean, you know, the Masters is so uniquely known for that first major of the, of the season in April, and now, we're, now it's going to be the final Masters of the season in November, so... I will actually be writing an added chapter for our paperback version that'll come out, come out, you know, sometime in 2021, with you know just kind of what 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 it was like to be have a master's in 2021, which I mean in, in, in November I should say. So that'll be a little bit of a fascinating element to it. What's the course going to look like? You know, will the azaleas be in bloom? You know, will what's the course going to play like? Frankly, you will it be faster. Will you know? So it'll be interesting uh, to see. It's going to be very unique. Obviously, we're, we're living in unique times right now, so that will just be another element to it. Mark Canizero is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. Seven Days in Augusta, behind the scenes at the Masters, is his book. So what is life in Augusta like? What's it like for locals during Masters Week? It's, you know, a, a colleague of mine who worked at the Augusta Chronicle, he was a sports editor of the Augusta Chronicle for years, um, he had... I thought was the best line, which I did quote him in the book on. He said, "The ma- for Augusta, for natives of natives of Augusta, Masters Week is like is a, is a second Christmas. So it's just, you know, business wise, that that city makes its year that one week. That one week. I mean, the, the, the businesses, the restaurants, the hotels." You know, the prices are all jacked up at the hotels, the restaurants. Um, it's The circus comes to town for one week a year. And that, you know, I cover a lot of tour events. And, I, I mean, I just, you know, I just covered the, 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 the Travelers Championship in Connecticut last week, this past week. And, and it's always, you know, I've always found it kind of weird when I'm finishing up on Sunday night writing my last story. Leaving the, leaving the grounds, most of most if not all the players are gone. The fans are all gone, and the circus leaves town. You know, it's a little, it's a little depressing. You know, because there's been a, like a, a vibe all week. You know, and that vibe at in Augusta for Masters Week is heightened to levels that is like nowhere other. You know, I mean, it's just not. You know, 
it's not just about a golf tournament. I mean, it's it's Super Bowl week, you know, for golf, in my opinion. And uh, so, you know, I, just as an example, I think one of the chapters I wrote in the book was just, you know, kind of what your question was. Um, I I rent a house every year. You know, most there's not that many hotels down there, and the ones that are down there jack their prices up so high my newspaper can't even afford to pay them so i share homes with with other other writers and stuff you know and and the guy the gentleman that i've been renting from for the last four or five years who i quoted in the book you know he grew up in augusta in that culture as a kid his parents used to rent their homes their house out and they literally would go on vacation that week and 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 they would make probably half or three quarters of their year's mortgage just for that one week renting the whole the house out. So, you know, everybody profits down there and, and, and it's been it was debilitating for Augusta not to have the Masters down there this past uh, uh, this past April. And whether or not they will recoup whatever they lost in November is yet to be seen. But it really transforms that small town into I mean, it, it's, the set, it's, it's the epicenter of the sports world for a week. Everybody knows Augusta, you know, for that one week, and everybody knows what's going on at the Masters. Yeah, you mentioned how it is, how depressing it is uh, leaving a tournament after you're done on a Sunday night. I've covered the Honda Classic down in Palm Beach Gardens and uh, also the Heritage, too, on Hilton Head Island. And it really is, and I can only imagine what it's like uh, at the Masters when everyone leaves after Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I actually, had, before we knew how how dangerous and the level of the pandemic was going to become, it had become, when they canceled, when they postponed the Masters, my, my first thought as a journalist was, I, I should go down there, Masters Week, to Augusta and just write about what it's like with no Masters there. Yes. You know, and... and and obviously that was in April, which was the height of certainly in, in, in our area here in the New York metropolitan area. You know, that was the height of the most the riskiest times. You know, and nobody was getting on an airplane to go anywhere at that point. So I did not do that. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I can't imagine. It must have been so weird for the people that have been living there, you know, all their lives, not to have a master's take place there um, in April. You know, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine what it must have been like. Mark Canizaro is my guest here. His book is Seven Days in Augusta, Behind the Scenes at the Masters. 25 years of covering it. What are some of your most memorable tournaments, Mark? Well, it's funny. Um, I hate to say this, but sometimes in the news, in the news business, as you know, because you're in it, bad news sometimes is more of an interesting story than, than good news. And... You know, when Greg, the Greg Norman collapse in 1996 to me was one of my most memorable. Um, it, it just, I'm somebody who likes, a lot of golf writers just stay in the media center and they watch it on TV. And I, I'm somebody that likes to be out on the golf course and kind of feeling the energy. And I was following, you know, Norman and Nick Faldo that day. And, and, and there was just, it, it literally was like watching a movie where you knew there was going to be a train wreck. You just weren't sure exactly where the the implosion was going to take place. Because you just, you just saw it developing as the day went on. 
And by the time Norman got to Amen Corner and, you know, airmailed his tee shot, you know, into the Azaleas and they couldn't find the ball and they're searching for it and he has to come back and take a drop. And that, to me, because of the collapse, Steve, and but also because of the way Norman handled himself afterwards, I, I, I've always been struck by how amazing, in the heat of battle and the heat of one of the most horrific disappointments you could have, you know, as a sportsman, excuse me, to, to, to handle it with the class that he did afterward and to answer every question, you know, as somebody who does this for a living and, and asks those questions, I have mad respect for anybody like that. You know, I look back, you know, I covered the 1999 British Open when John Vanderbilt collapsed, obviously, there and, uh, at Carnoustie and lost a three-shot lead on the last hole. And he also just handled, I mean, he was obviously in shock, but he handled it so amazingly. And that's the way Greg handled it in 96. And I'll never forget that. And that's always stayed with me. Uh, not just the way it all unfolded, but, and listen, I mean, Nick Faldo is almost forgotten for shooting 67 on the final round of the, of the, of the Masters tournament to win that golf tournament. Everybody remembers, you know, Norman's implosion. Yes. But, and listen, Faldo did have it handed to him. Let's not be let's not be naive. But Faldo did shoot sixty seven on the final round of you know the Masters to win the thing. So, and that was his third green jacket. So, but that's one of my most memorable. Obviously, Tiger last year was was you know that's hard to top that. Tiger in ninety seven, that was such a. I mean, that was Tiger's introduction into superstardom, wasn't it? I mean, it was really. You know, we all kind of knew and heard all something about Tiger and this young kid who hit the ball further than anybody else and all that. But, I mean, nobody knew what we were about to see for the next two decades plus. So that was incredible to me. And Mickelson in 04, I would think. That, to me, was probably across the board the most exciting Sunday Masters I'd ever covered. Because Ernie Els had played amazing golf that day, Steve. And uh, he was birdieing Eagles. And Mickelson just outplayed him on the back nine and, and win, won his first major championship, but now he's got five. At that point before then, we, you know, he was that guy that couldn't win a major. And that opened the floodgates for him to some degree. So I would say those couple, three or four, to me, are my most memorable you know, tournaments. In our remaining moments, Mark Canizaro, his book is Seven Days in Augusta, Behind the Scenes at the Masters. Let's stay on Tiger and Phil right now. Phil coming off a pretty good Travelers. He's played well there before, right? He's talking about, sorry, say that one more time, Steve. Uh, yeah, Phil Mickelson, uh, just how he's playing now. He's coming off a pretty good Travelers. He's played well there before. He has. You know, it was a disappointing weekend for him because he, yeah, you know, he, he took the 36 hole lead into the weekend and uh, ended up shooting a couple of very indifferent, you know, one over par 71s on the on the weekend, which was unfortunate. Here's the thing with Phil, Steve. For the last several years, he has had difficulty putting four rounds together, you know, and he's 50 years old now. I don't know how old you are. I'm 59. I don't feel like I'm 59, but whatever. <laughs> uh, as he's gotten older, to, to keep the concentration level for four straight days has been something he's been working feverishly on. 
uh, you know, for the last few years. And I think that's kind of what happened on this weekend. You know, he, he started, listen, he, he missed three straight cuts leading into the Travelers. So, you know, he walked away at least publicly saying it was a positive week for him. But I know privately he was pretty disappointed with the way he played over the weekend. And how about Tiger? When is he scheduled to play next? Well, unless his, unless his back is hurting him, I would be shocked if he's not playing the Memorial in two weeks at Jack Nicklaus's Muirfield Village. Uh, that's the next golf tournament I'll cover. Um, it's a tournament I cover every year. It's, a, it's always a big deal. And Tiger's won that golf tournament five times. And Tiger's also a creature of habit, Steve, so... If we're going by Tiger's past behavior, uh, he's going to be a memorial unless his back is hurting him. You know, I mean, the last time we saw Tiger play was that match that he played with Bill, you know, and, and Peyton Manning and, uh, and, and, and Tom Brady down at Medalist. And Tiger was far and away the best player, uh, you know, between him and Phil. I mean, he was – I thought he looked tremendous down there. His swing looked fluid. He looked pain-free. He's obviously had a lot of time to rest. Um, so I would, um, I'm, you know, to me that's your compelling storyline when the, you know, when when the memorial arrives in two weeks. The other thing, as we were talking about off 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 air, not Tiger related, is the memorial right now is slated to be the first tournament in this in this restart of the tour events that will uh, be admitting spectators. So that will be interesting, in the, you know, in our in the COVID era, so to speak, because we really haven't had any sporting events with spectators in America, um, you know, since this pandemic you know, kind of took hold of us. So right now, the, the plan is for I think a quarter capacity every day, which is about what, about eight thousand people per day. They're going to allow in. So that'll be another interesting subplot for that week in two weeks, if that indeed you know, comes to comes to fruition. And Mark, last question: How there's going to be a long layoff between the what, the Tour Championship right in September and the Masters in November? How do you think that's going to affect the players? Well, you know that'll be interesting. I mean, there because the interesting thing was, we, even though the PGA of America has not announced that the Ryder Cup is going to be postponed until 2021, you know we all kind of know it's going to be postponed. So that. You know, that was going to be a competition at least the top players were going to be involved in, you know, certainly between the U.S. Open and, uh, you know, and the, the Masters. But there'll be a couple of tournaments, you know, here and there that guys can get into if they want to get some reps in. But, uh, yeah, I, it, it'll be – it's going to be an interesting dynamic, you know, not just the fact that there's a layoff, but the fact that they're playing a Masters in November, you know right. I mean? That's going to be weird in and of its own right, isn't it? No, very much so. Mark Canizaro, the book, Seven Days in Augusta, behind the scenes at the Masters. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Steve, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And this is Speaking of Writers. And you can also always read Mark Canizaro in the New York Post as well. Um, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.